Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer, growth architect, and all around great guy excited about helping generous business leaders grow their business. We've got a great conversation set up today. I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, Ethan Butte, and this new exciting book that we'll be talking about today. You're absolutely going to want to grab a pen and a notepad or iPad or whatever you use to take notes because you're going to get a ton of practical ideas from Ethan I find that I do every time I talk to him. I'm so excited for you to meet him. This is an exciting time of year right now. We're in October 2021 as this is being recorded. That means we're in Q4 in football terms. You know what happens in Q4. We got to get it done. I want to give a huge shout out to everybody in sales and marketing, this leading sales and marketing teams, anyone involved in revenue. This has been a challenging year but I'm seeing people go out and get it done. We've been saying all year, you got to get it done in 2021. So I want to let you know that I'm cheering you on and the Revenue Growth Podcast, we are committed to bringing you actionable ideas that are going to help you grow your business faster. And we just finished, I got to be a part of the 2021 Trust Building Challenge. Oh my goodness, what an incredible time of being coached in one of the areas that is a critical yeah, and I might even dare say the X factor for both sales and marketing, and that's building trust. I have a good feeling we're going to talk some more about that today. But if you missed the 2021 Trust Building Challenge, and you'd also like to get involved possibly in an intensive to help you build trust with your prospects and clients, I want to encourage you right now to go to 2021 Trust Building Challenge, uh, trustchallenge.com. Here it is across the bottom of the screen, 2021trustchallenge.com. All of the sessions were recorded. All of them are archived and you can get instant access to ideas and inspiration that will help you grow trust. As we get started today, I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Selling from the Heart. I get to co-host the Selling from the Heart podcast. Let me say, if you've got a sales team, and you want to boost results in the fourth quarter and make 2022 the best sales year ever, even in the midst of the challenges we're facing right now, or may I say, especially in the midst of the challenges we're facing right now, you need to get to know Selling from the Heart. And what's great about Selling from the Heart is how it takes a different approach to driving sales results. The goal is to build trust quickly with clients and pros prospects through authenticity. And the result? more effective prospecting, more pipeline velocity, and more upsell and cross-sell with your current clients. So if you've got a sales team, go to sellingfromtheheart.net. That's sellingfromtheheart.net and learn about how other outstanding companies are accelerating their sales results, attracting and retaining the best sales talent, and getting it done, as we've been saying, right here in 2021. Well, we've got a great conversation lined up today with my friend, Ethan Butte. He is the author of one of my favorite books. This is an absolute playbook. Rehumanize your business. 
uh, right as things were shutting down and we were going online. Ethan had a playbook for us on how personal videos accelerate sales to improve customer experience. But here's what's great about Ethan. He's not done just yesterday. Uh, just yesterday, uh, the new book, Human-Centered Communication, was released. It's a business case against digital pollution. Oh, my. We're going to have a great conversation today. Ethan is the chief uh, chief evangelist. What a great title. Chief evangelist at BombBomb, one of my all-time favorite communication tools I use every day. He's passionate about helping people connect and convert uh, in more personal and human ways. And I know Ethan wakes up every day excited to make things better and more effective. And I know he's excited to be here as well. Ethan, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. I am excited to be here. I appreciate <laughs> you so much, Daryl. I'm so glad. It's so interesting how something as old-fashioned as a physical, tangible book printed on. This one's printed on recycled paper. I don't remember about rehumanized, but how that can bring people together. Yes. Like this physical, tangible thing, and I'm sure you've experienced it with your book too, that it reaches places that your digital reach doesn't go. And I'm so glad that rehumanize was part of how you and I came together and everything you were sharing in that introduction, including the trust building challenge mm -hmm. and some of the language you used around it just reinforces why you and I um, are in relationship with one another. Because right. we see things very, very similarly. So I appreciate the invite. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the intro and I'm happy to be oh, here. I've, I always love when we get to talk. I'll always leave with a bunch of ideas. And I know all of our listeners and viewers are going to leave with ideas as well. And, and just going into this topic of trust as we get started, I mean, I don't, I read that. I like reading the Edelman Trust Index every year, right? Which is Edelman does great research and uh, basically says says things about trust. And two things stood out to me in the research report this year. You can Google it. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes as well. I mean, trust in a lot of ways is an all-time low. But what I noticed, and this is interesting, and this may be a bit of a testimony to your work at Rehumanize. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but in the latest trust report of business, nonprofits, I forget the other education, they had a couple segments of society, the number one most trusted group of people was business people last year. Now that was really interesting. Now, granted, it's still low. <laughs> it was, it was uh, you know, it was it's still low. There's a lot of, the bar is set low. There's a lot of improvement we need in trust. But I think, you know, when I look at this past year and what we did in business and what we primarily did through video, like you and I are speaking right now, or whether it's, um, through a tool like Bomb Bomb or Zoom, there were so many different ways to communicate through video. I just have a sneaking suspicion that maybe one of the reasons business actually topped the trust list this past year, uh, notwithstanding the missteps of government, and a lot of other things, where it's not the topic of this podcast, plenty of other podcasts to listen to about that. But I, I just have this sneaking suspicion, Ethan, that maybe one of the reasons business got a vote of trust from people this year in a way that other segments of society didn't is because by and large, a lot of businesses got on video and we got face to face with people and rehumanized communication. So thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can take uh, much credit for that, <laughs> but I do. I just, you really can take some though. I yeah, think it's really can, interesting. Right? I wasn't familiar with that research, but I buy your theory. A couple of the things that came to mind, I think um, the pandemic probably forced the hand and kind of revealed the character of different businesses. And so mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, I think some of these other institutions may have like fallen. I don't know how much business has ridden, risen. It was just a little bit. But I think some of the best companies revealed mm. in a way their true heart, their caring. Mm -hmm. Another aspect of it is as technology improves and as businesses deploy it in the right way, it helps even if you have thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of customers, technology well deployed and put into the right hands and trained well with your frontline people helps your team members treat other people like individual human beings instead of treating them like numbers. And so I think the best companies did that combination of showed up and made themselves more available, mm -hmm. be revealed kind of who they are at their core in the face of like challenge. And as mm -hmm. some of these businesses face, and I'm sure some of the listeners are still facing some form of an existential threat in terms of their business, yeah. which isn't to be taken lightly, but reveals our true character in a lot of different ways. And then three, I think um, that, uh, that businesses that are doing really well in treating people like people whether it's the hard manual expensive process or whether it's like partly lifted by machines and technology, mm -hmm. the companies that are doing best are certainly building more trust with uh, all of their stakeholders, including their customers. Well, and I think you can take some credit though, because this whole movement event around rehumanize your business, um, when that came out and the timeliness of that, I think, you know, this is, this has been a time where we really do need to work on that. But now, uh, here we are. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, this is going to be released the day after. Uh, so uh, just fast forward yourself in the future and feel the excitement of the book launch of 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 all of this human centered communication. There it is, folks. Go on Amazon if you haven't done it already and get a business case against digital pollution. Oh my goodness, do we ever need a business case to be made against di digital pollution? Unpack the idea behind this book a little bit. I love the title. Awesome. Thank you. I'll give you a couple ideas and then give it back to you so we can kind of steer it wherever you want. But um, first, we did Rehumanize a couple of years ago and Rehumanize Your Business was kind of the what, why, who, when, and how of mm -hmm. video email and video messages, video recorded, casual conversational videos recorded in place of what would typically otherwise be, you know, a couple sentences or even a few paragraphs of faceless typed out text. Mm -hmm. And what Steve and I wanted, first of all, we co-authored both books together and uh, Steve Passanelli, my longtime friend and team member, our CMO at BombBomb, and I know you know him, uh, Daryl, uh, and I'm sure some of the viewers and listeners do too, but um we would playfully back and forth say like, Hey, I got an idea for another book. Um, and we're like, at some point it was like too soon, you know, cause you, were, <laughs> right. you know this too, Daryl. It's like, down. it's just a lot. Slow down, Steve. <laughs> yeah. You just put a lot into it. And in any case, uh, we, we got on a zoom call cause he's outside Philadelphia. I'm in Colorado Springs. We got on a zoom call and I knew he was serious this time. And the idea was kind of born out of this. We know that video email and video messaging are the mechanics of what we do and how we serve people, but we've also known all along that it's not about that. That's just the means to the end. What are we actually mm -hmm. doing here? We're helping people be more themselves mm -hmm. and to reach out and make other people feel more themselves and to understand intent and care and sincerity and value and all these other things that don't come through when we communicate in digital, virtual, and online spaces and kind of like the default normal way of doing it. And so we wanted to pursue this idea of putting people at the center of any message or experience that we're creating and presenting. And 
so we go beyond the bounds of video email and video messages. We go beyond the bounds even of video calls to all of our digital communication. This and, and the ideas and the frameworks transfer to anything. If you have the privilege of sitting down in an office across a table for someone to kind of do a discovery call or make a, a, a formal sales presentation, you can apply these ideas. And so, um, we roped in some of our other expert friends into the conversation too. So it's bigger than video email. It's deeper into human connection and it's formed by a variety of sales and marketing leaders and emotional intelligence expert with seven U S patents in the analysis of facial coding data. Um, mm. Adam Contos, the CEO of Remax, so like kind of like a leadership nice. management perspective, but yeah. who's also executing things a lot like you are, Daryl, in terms of podcasting and going live on video and why he's doing that um, mm -hmm. and how he's doing these. He's kind of even doing it DIY, uh, mm -hmm. even though he is in this giant uh, publicly traded company. So we've got a number of really interesting people to inform this process. And um, that's our, our goal is just to raise business culture in general uh, and I think the timing of it, uh, kind of like you said, with rehumanize, I feel like the timing of this, uh, mm -hmm. as I'm getting out and these ideas are starting to get out and certainly as the books get into hands and people start feeding back and having their own conversations and engaging me with feedback and pushback and questions and stuff. Uh, I, th I think the timing of it is really good because I do see this framework of human centered communication. One of my short takes is it's today's path to tomorrow's revenue. And we can unpack that if you want to. Mm. I love the metaphor of pollution. So when I see the title of the book, I think of smokestacks billowing, yeah. you know, stuff up in the air. I see like, you know, those massive islands of bottles floating around in the ocean. And the trash. Great Pacific garbage patch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of that in the in the real world and, you know, everything in, in me wants to help eradicate that pollution. But there's pollution in the digital world as well. There's smokestacks and there's, yeah, let, know, me, there's, let me walk that what does metaphor that look out like? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I love the way you describe that. So, um, and, and, and really, when you look at the way we're doing sales and marketing and where it falls down and where it looks like it's working, but it's not actually working because mm -hmm. we're ignoring the failure metrics and we can get into that too, <laughs> and only paying attention to the success metrics. So congratulations, Ouch. it's a 3% conversion rate up from 2.4. That's a 25% lift. Amazing. Good job. But what about the 97%? right? We sent 500 emails when we got one closed deal. What about the 499? Like what is in that population um, that we've that we've polluted in such a way that we can never access them again, um, that they don't want to have the conversation again? And so the parallel to environmental pollution, I hope people will agree with you and me on this. Clean air, clean water, and clean soil are absolute fundamental necessities to human health and thriving. So anything that we do to threaten human health and thriving by diminishing the quality of our air, water, and soil, which by the way, is the food we eat and the air we breathe mm -hmm. and the things that we bathe and drink and everything and the things that we all of our plants right. are consuming. The like, essence of life, right? Yeah, right. Like anytime we trade that health for nickels and dimes and pennies, we're like, we're poisoning ourselves. And so when we walk that over into these digital, virtual, and online spaces, I mean, I'll go societal to start with. Mm -hmm. We've seen the research about what Instagram is doing to young women and their, um, their self-image and suicide and all these other things. Yeah, We've seen that it's been hidden by the same way that big tobacco hid, you know, negative research about their product back in the day. Just this week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All and coming so out right like, now, like there are themes to this pollution 
that dist- we can talk about geopolitics and the way that misinformation is mm-hmm. intentionally manufactured and spread, the way that humans are manipulated. We don't do much of that. We do a little bit of that in the final chapter of the book, and we tease it out a little bit in the chapter on digital pollution just to like set the scale of what we're talking about. But right. we can walk it straight into a sales and marketing context and talk about the way that pollution inhibits us and our teams and perhaps even the way that we're creating it in the same way that when we poison our air, water, and soil, we poison ourselves, the same way that we pollute our addressable market and our target lists and our preferred segments and verticals, we're actually poisoning our own future revenue uh, by turning people off to us and our brands and our reps. When we hit an account, a person with a cadence of 37 emails over three months because they fit our criteria and we think that they should talk to us, but we don't put their needs and wants and interests first. Not only can they block that sales rep, at this point, people have email tools that can block the entire domain. So not only am I unreachable by your BDR or your account executive, no one in your organization can ever reach me again because you just sent one too many and it was just a little bit too uh, irrelevant or a little bit too pushy or a little bit too selfish at some level. And so, um, we need to be aware of these things. We need to, and we go into detail on all of this and it's not a moralistic argument. This really is about relationships and reputation and revenue, um, at its core And we need to be honest about the negative impacts and the consequences of doing business tomorrow the way we've done business today and going back to the way you set this whole thing off. Oh, man. all affected by the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. When when we stopped doing commerce hand-to-hand, face-to-face, and we started mass production, mass markets, mass marketing, Mm -hmm. what Seth Godin called the television industrial complex. Mm -hmm. There's uniformity. There's homogeneity. You can get it in any color as long as it's black. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and we, people were numbers in these mass markets. And it's not to say that that's totally inappropriate and there's no place for that. Um, But it is to say that the most appropriate appropriate experience delivers the best customer experience. And so in some cases, I don't expect to talk to a human being at Amazon. And in fact, if I ever do, it's because I have a problem. But oh, by the way, I can't actually, and I have successfully called Amazon and resolved an issue over the phone that couldn't Mm -hmm. be handled uh, automatically. But I don't really ever want to talk to anyone at Amazon. But there are a lot of cases where I do want to talk to somebody. And so uh, we just need to be aware of how we're approaching these things, what people actually need and want, and design our systems and processes, and to deploy our technology in service of people's needs rather than our own, you know, whatever we imagine our own business success is going to be built on. Because again, when we poison our market, we poison ourselves. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Ethan, I'm having a moment. I mean, seriously, the power of this, um, it's more than a metaphor. It is more than a metaphor. It's actual reality. You know, the power of this um, in in looking at this and and saying to sales professionals, sales leaders, marketing professionals that are listening into this, you know, the question comes back on us. What's our carbon footprint, right? What's our... What is our our level of pollution out there? And um, yeah, these are the metrics we don't want to look at. But the reality is, if we're not careful, we poison the water. And just like a factory and all that technology allowed us to accelerate, you know, poisoning the air, if you will, 
all the technology that we have that cranks this stuff out. And oh my goodness, during the pandemic, right? The email volumes, everyone had to go virtual. So we just were like, turn up the factory, right? It's yeah. like the smokestack and everything yeah. and, puffing and then, out the top. And, let, and let's go to the let's go to the inside of that factory. I mean, I was only talking about it in terms of people receiving and interacting with your mm -hmm. messages and experiences. And every time you send something, you're training someone to open or delete the next message. Mm. When I see your name, when I see your brand name, when I see your company names, like, do I have a positive association or a negative association? Right. Humans are pattern making machines, yes, and it's are. not going to take very many of them for me to say you don't understand me. You don't want what I want. You don't, you know, like this isn't for me. Um, bye bye. Reject. And yeah. the other thing on the back end of that is that the machines are learning from human behavior. And just like, you know, you and I, Daryl, could be connected to all the same people on LinkedIn, but we're going to show up on the same day at the same time. And our feeds gonna, are going to be totally different because I like and comment on maybe different people's stuff than you do. And so this, the machines are curating the messages and experiences that are put in front of us in order to give us the things that it thinks we're going to be most likely to want and to desire mm -hmm. and to interact with and to find value and delight in. And so this is going to increasingly come to other platforms as well, um, including email. And remember everyone freaked out when the promotion tab came in and like, how dare Gmail put my promote my email in the promotion tab? Like we sent it to 5,800 people promotionally. Like what do you think was going to happen? It's a promotion. It? Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so, but, but to the other side of it, when we think about factory workers back in the day, and when I deliver a presentation with slides and things, I always have a photo of these children in a coal mine with dirty faces and children in these like textile factories. Yeah. And, you know, that's how some of us are treating our team members right now. It's like run this machine, do this one activity a hundred times a day, do this activity 75 times a day, use this script, do it in this order, go. And if you don't, I'm going to whip you mm -hmm. mentally or emotionally for not hitting the activity quota. And if you can't yeah. do it, I'm going to yank you and throw somebody else in. It's the same wow. thing as like factory. It's just when we get too mechanical, the whole thing is dehumanized. And so it's not satisfying for the people executing it. It's not satisfying for the people receiving it. And so in that end, like, what are we doing here in choking all of the life out of these things in the name of efficiency and scale and just losing sight of the effectiveness. You could probably get to the same outcome with half of the X activity and half of Y activity if you allowed your team members the freedom and the privilege and the creativity to take the script and adapt it a little bit for that person. Is it going to slow them down? Maybe. I just cut the activity in half, but I bet you could get to the same outcome. Y number or Z number of set appointments or appointments held by allowing people to treat people like people. Yeah. Well, in that, I want to shift to the, the prescription. I, once again, Ethan, I always enjoy our conversations, but I, today I'm having like this existential moment of seeing it because you can see the pollution. You see the dangers behind all of that to our own reputations as individuals and our companies and the collective mess of all of it. So I'm hoping the that there is a solution to this pollution problem and i have a sneaking suspicion that's what human-centered communication is all about it really is it's one part of it and again i, I want to say to everyone listening i know that like i get excited about these ideas and i'm glad you are too uh, i am but like this is not a moralistic charge this is not stop doing this and start doing this mm -hmm. this is 
let's shift a little bit. Let's shift the balance a little bit more. And I'm going to give you a framework. I'm going to describe it. I'll use my hands for people watching. Um, and I'm sure it won't be too hard to follow along for listeners. We decided to adopt in this language, you know, human-centered communication is a blend of human-centered design and our daily digital communication and these digital and virtual and online experiences that we're creating for people. Okay. Human-centered design is a 30 or 40-year-old practice. IDEO is a design firm most famous uh, for using it, promoting it, et cetera. Um, they designed the first Apple mouse decades ago using human-centered design principles. Mm -hmm. and they've designed thousands of other products, services, systems, and processes doing it. And so we take their framework and apply it to our digital communication. Here's their simplest framework for it. Human-centered design is built from three things. And, and, and for people listening, it's three circles that partly overlap. You've all seen this kind of like Boolean plot of ideas. So one circle is desirability and the needs of human beings. Mm -hmm. Another circle next to it is feasibility, what technology allows us to do. And then the third circle, like maybe in a pyramid shape, is uh, on top of the other two and overlapping them, is viability, what's required mm. for business success. Right. And where we have arrived here in 2021, Q4, as you said off the top, is that too many organizations are designing their systems, their processes, their roles, their messages, their experiences, their funnels, et cetera, starting with this viability, what is required for business success? Let's start there. Mm -hmm. And then they go to one other circle, which is what does technology allow? What is actually feasible for us to do? And they kind of leave out that third circle. Yeah. And the yeah. interesting thing is IDEO says, and any, any other practitioner or proponent of human-centered design or design thinking would say, you start with the humans. So what mm -hmm. happens when we, when we set them aside and or we don't start with them is that we wind up being overly processed, overly automated, not in service of the people that it's all designed for in the first place. So if we start with the needs of mm -hmm. people, and a lot of people do this well, I'm sure you've hosted great podcast conversations on ICPs, persona mm -hmm. development, mm -hmm. customer feedback, good discovery. That's the foundation for that first circle, the needs of people as a segment or ideally as an individual human being. Um, so we have to start with kind of the persona, but we want to get to the person. We have to start with the segment, but we want to get to the account, right? Like mm -hmm. we want to understand people as well as we can and then design the other pieces around that. And, and we have to trust at some level. And this feels like a leap of faith. And I feel like, uh, you know, maybe I, I'm going way out on a limb here, but I don't think that <laughs> if anyone walks it out intuitively, they would push back on it. We have to trust at some level that if we design systems, processes, messages, experiences, products, and services with the people in mind first, that the revenue will come, right? Instead of saying, let's put the revenue up on the board and chase it, and then the revenue is the goal. If we seek to create customer impact, and I'll bet when you do coaching and consulting, Daryl, you do this, like, what do you want to have happen? And you sit down, you do discovery, and someone says, I really need my team to do X, or as a company, we want to get here. You ask mm -hmm. some follow-up questions, and ultimately, it comes down to who do we need to reach? Who do we need to serve? What value do we need to create? And then, oh, by the way, the revenue is a consequence. And so um, humans first and 
some level of trust, knowing that the system's going to work better, the num- the results are going to be better, the revenue is going to be greater when we can consistently create things that are in service of the people that we're actually designing them for. Mm. And it, sh- it shouldn't sound heretical, but in some rooms and in some some calls, it does feel that way. But that's why you stand out. And that's because of that very thing. There are, there are still the f- polluting factories are going to continue to exist, but the ones that take a human-centered approach, I think of... You know, Larry Levine always likes to quote the very famous line, the way you open a sale is the way you close a sale. So good. Right. And so we open we open these relationships with like the factory, right? That just, you know, and then we wonder why they stay with us for a little while and then they drop us, you know, for the next next thing. Because there's no relationship. You didn't begin with a human-centered approach and, you know, you get cut out <laughs> because there's no relationship there and and, and your I love people it. don't care either because it's no. all cultural i mean there are tons of very practical tips in here but we couldn't do it without speaking philosophically and strategically mm-hmm. and culturally and from a mindset perspective as well because that guides it all the whole reason someone feels like they're being treated like a number and that they're dealing with a factory and that they're going to be a part going down an assembly line is that that's how your organization runs. And how do you think the people running the assembly line feel? They feel like these people are part of an assembly line process. And so that's how we're going to treat them. Yeah. Yeah. And we got the great resignation now as a result. People, it's a revolving door, right? So, so much good here. Ethan, I can't wait. Uh, I ordered mine months ago in the pre-orders. So it's probably going to show up on my doorstep the day this podcast launches. I'm so excited. Um, what, uh, what can you say? What other words of wisdom around the book and the launch? How can we help you out here? Um, I will, I would just say that for folks that are interested in these ideas, you can reach out to me directly. I'm Ethan Butte on LinkedIn is probably the best way to do it. But if you're a, a watcher or a listener of this show, I would be happy to hear from you directly by email. It's just Ethan, E-T-H-A-N at bombbomb.com. Um, the book is at bombbomb.com slash book. Um, you can actually see both books there and dive in. Uh, if you're listening to this or watching this really close to release, uh, we still have pre, even though it's, it will be available. We still have our pre-order bonuses available through Friday, nice. the 15th of October. Oh, good. So benefits for one copy or six copies or 10 copies or a hundred copies. Our largest order right now is 500 copies. If someone wants to beat that, I'd be happy to get those books to you. Um, there are that's a number awesome. of benefits that come with it, but uh, that's at pombomb.com slash book. Or of course, uh, you could just search human-centered communication in uh, Amazon or wherever you prefer to buy books. Fantastic. Well, definitely everybody's going to want to get their hands on that. We'll put the links in the show notes. And uh, this is, Ethan, I, I mean, I absolutely love what you're about. You're an evangelist because you're leading a cause and this cause is meaningful and valuable. So I just want to say thanks for investing in us today. And thanks for the work of putting together human-centered communication. This is an incredible gift and very, very timely. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate you um, and, and us aligning uh, because we we share a lot of uh, beliefs and values about the best way to do this work in a way that's yeah. satisfying for everybody. And uh, I'm just privileged to, that uh, that you're part of this and you're willing to host me in this conversation. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Well, Ethan, have a great day. We just so enjoyed hanging out with you. Thank you. Awesome. Wow. I told you this was going to be good. Just wait till you get your hands on human-centered communication. As Ethan said, it's practical. It's very applicable. 
And I know from Ethan's work, it's going to be something that you're actually going to probably have on your desk for six months, um, implementing and, and working this in your culture. I think the things that we talked about today are so critical for success right now. As we stopped, talked at the beginning of the conversation around the trust building challenge, I'll just put that link out again. This is a time we got to have trust. Trust is the X factor, rehumanizing uh, communication, being human centered in how we go about it. The topics that we've talked about today um, are massive, massively important in that direction. I want to thank everybody who is sharing the Revenue Growth Podcast. Those of you leaving reviews, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you haven't left a review when this is over, before you listen to the next episode, would you do me a favor? If you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, uh, just drop a few sentences. It helps us spread the message and online as well. If you want to share any of our video platforms on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're at today, thank you so much. Uh, for helping share and spread the message of Revenue Growth Podcast. Because right now, Q4, this is the time to get it done. We got to charge, so get back at it. And I'll see you next time. And as we always say, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.